Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. I think you'll really, really enjoy this interview. This is a guy who is 100 years old and was part of one of the greatest athletes in the history of this country. Settle back, enjoy this. Yes, that was Sir John Walker winning the Olympic Games gold in 1976. Well, for a long time, he was coached by an absolute icon of New Zealand athletics, Arch Jelly. Arch athletes over the years have claimed more than 80 national athletic titles and seven New Zealand records. Fifteen of those athletes that he coached represented New Zealand, winning four Commonwealth Games gold medals. And, of course, that famous moment in Montreal in 1976. He was also there, and it will be 47 years ago, 47 years ago tomorrow that Sir John Walker became the first athlete in history to break 3 minutes 50 for the mile. Arch Jelly is my guest. Arch Jelly turns 100 tomorrow. Arch, good afternoon. Welcome. Lovely to have you on the programme. Hi. Um, when did you first meet Sir John? I think it was uh, out at Hobsonville. I was uh, organising uh, the uh, cross-country races, and after the uh, uh, the young ones had run, this tall, lanky fellow came up and said, uh, uh, "I'm John Walker," and I said, "Oh yes." He said, "I got beaten today," and I said, uh, "Well, that's what happens to most people in running." And he said, "Well, that's the first time I've ever been beaten in cross-country." And I said, well, uh, how often do you train? And he said, uh, oh, I just ra- I don't train, I just race on Saturdays. And I said, well, the fellow who won it, chap, uh, I think it was uh, McRae, I said, he run- he's trained by Don McFarquhar and he runs about 90 miles a week. So mm. there we are. That's how I first met John. And, and when did that, re- and, and so how long after that did that relationship between you and uh, Sir John establish itself? Uh, I... I there was a, a bit of a. Uh, I, I coached him for a while, and then uh, I think there was a bit of a break, and we lost contact. And then in 1971, probably August or September, he came to me and, and said, "Look," he said, uh, "I'm dead serious about the running now. Would you would you, uh, uh, would you like to coach me?" And I I agreed. Did you realise just how much of a talent you had? Not at all. I knew he was fairly good, but I mean, New Zealand had. Uh, a lot of, you know, fairly good. Yeah, I thought he was okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Arch, as I said, it's remarkable that you're turning 100 tomorrow, but in terms of your love of athletics, just going back a step, and in terms of you sort of getting into the coaching side of athletics, when did that all happen? I don't know. I better answer the other question first, I think, uh, a bit a better. Uh, on the first, uh, we started coaching uh, together in about uh, September, August or September, then on the 1st of January, 1972, he re- went to Tauranga and uh, he'd done his training and somebody said, why don't you uh, run in the 800? 
And he said, oh, I haven't got my gear and I've done my training. But then right, they talked to him and gave him a pair of uh, spikes and some gear and he ran and he defeated uh, Dick Quacks uh, in the 800 meters and did a PB. And uh, uh, in fairness to Dick, of course, that wasn't uh, Dick's uh, favorite distance. But he, he was still the top runner, so I was very impressed by that uh, uh, by that run of John's. And I wrote to the New Zealand selectors and said, "Look, we've got a, a new runner here. His name's John Walker. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, and I think uh, he's got the capacity to uh, erase the name of Peter Snell from the record book." Well, he didn't quite do that, but uh, uh, most of my words were fairly prophetic. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, remarkable. And I, and, and I want to continue talking about some of those milestones that you and Sir John had, because they're arguably some of the greatest moments in the history of New Zealand sport. But um, but yeah, like so, so your love of athletics, how did you sort of, what, what sort of pointed you towards athletics, say, over rugby or maybe some of those other more traditional sports? Oh, oh well, I, I played uh, football and rugby at, at uh, high school. Uh, but I was very small and very light, and uh, uh, I, I turned to uh, gymnastics, and, uh, and I did quite well at gymnastics. And uh, then I, le- I left school, and uh, uh, I was still doing gymnastics, but nothing else really. And somehow, in our, I was in the Bible class, Methodist Bible class, and uh, somebody said, why don't you run in our uh, uh, Bible class race? And I said, well, I'm not in training. Uh, and they said, oh, well, have, have a go. So I... I, I ran the race and it wasn't quite easy because I was uh, fitter than I thought because I used to uh, uh, walk or run everywhere and uh, uh, we had cable cars in Dunedin in those days and if I uh, uh, missed the cable car, I'd, I'd run down to, uh, to work and usually beat the, beat the tram to the bottom of the hill. So uh, I, I was training without knowing it really. Mm-hmm. And so that evolution from going from running yourself to deciding that you'd want to take help take the guesswork out from some other runners and maybe sort of tend to focus a bit more on the coaching. You know, when I, when I, I came back from the navy in uh, in 1946 and I rejoined the Mornington Harrier Club, uh, and uh, and I, I I wasn't coaching anybody really, but I was sort of organising them to. Uh, trying to become, you know, better runners and that sort of thing. And uh, that's when I first started, you know, helping other people in running. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I knew very much myself. Yeah, look, at that time there was a real um, revolution happening in New Zealand athletics. Arthur Lydiard coming along, maybe changing the way things had been done. Were you, were you a, a bit of a Lydiard disciple or did you have your own sort of philosophy on things? Well, I, I remember in those days... Uh, most uh, most runners ran uh, uh, in the winter and cross country, and and either well with me I played either uh, uh, usually playing tennis or uh, in in the summer, and uh, uh, you know we'd heard of it. I'd always been interested in in uh, distance running, and uh, I, I'd read about what Zatopek was doing and uh, Arthur Newton, and. Uh, and then we heard about this crazy guy from Auckland, his name was Arthur Lydiard, and he was asking his uh, track runners uh, to run 100 miles a week and to do a lot of it on the road. And we couldn't believe it. Uh, we thought it was, you know, crazy. But at any rate, when uh, Arthur's uh, athletes started to win everything, 
we had a change of heart. We realised that uh, that Arthur had something uh, really big going for him, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, I joined the uh, uh, we shifted to Auckland in '57, and uh, I joined the Oaraka Club uh, in '59. Uh, uh, that's right, and. Uh, and I was running in the fast take with Arthur and Halberd now and all this sort of thing. And uh, uh, I remember I ran in the uh, Auckland. I was, I was getting on a bit then. I think I was 37 or or nearly 38. And I ran in the uh, Auckland Champs. And uh, Arthur had uh, put me in the A-team for some reason. And then I, I finished 10th in the Auckland Senior Cross Country and uh, just behind Ray Puckett. But I was only the seventh Oaraka man home. Wow! And ahead of me, there was Snell and and uh, Julian and Puckett and Helberg uh, 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 and uh, and a couple of other ones. And of course, they were running 100 miles a week, and I was running about uh, 30 or 40 on a good week. And uh, so uh, it was fairly difficult. But I, I thought then uh, at the time that. Uh, I was very impressed with Arthur's methods, and I thought, well, uh, if Arthur can do that, well, I can have, I can have a, a bit of a go at doing something the same. Perhaps it was a bit bumptious, I don't know. But so that's when I decided I'd give it a real go, and I started uh, a systematic coaching in 1960. It is 14 minutes after one. My guest on the program is Arch Jelly, uh, probably more well-known for being the coach of the great Sir John Walker for more than 20 years. Arch is on the program because tomorrow he turns 100 years of age, which is a remarkable achievement in itself. Arch, the relationship between um, you and Sir John, was it? did it ever get sort of rough at points? Was he an easy athlete to coach? Oh, he was a fantastic athlete to coach. No, never. He was. Uh, we, were all, we were always uh, great friends, really, and... Uh, uh, yeah, we, I coached him probably for about you know, about 20 years, and uh, he he was never. Uh, oh, I think he was late for training twice, but he was involved in some sort of traffic uh, accident at the time. No, he was he was great. To, uh, he was very also he's a very good judge of his own fitness. He, mm. he never kidded himself. He knew when he was right, and he knew when he was uh, not so good. How long did it take you? How long did it take you to figure out what exactly worked for him? Because there's always that, you know, you always start out, I guess, with a bit of a template with any athlete when you first start coaching them, some pretty basic principles. But as you understand the athlete, you understand their physiology. Sometimes you do have to tweak. Did you have to tweak much in those early years? Oh, I followed Arthur's principles mainly, except I, I didn't, I didn't get. John to uh, do the uh, uh, bounding and that sort of thing, uh, but uh, he d- he did all sorts of other hill work. And uh, I remember uh, we were doing some hill running at the domain, and I was running with John, and uh, and uh, Gordon Perry was there. And I think it was, that was in 1973 or yeah, 1973. And uh, I remember uh, Gordon was you know, rather outspoken, and he yelled out at uh, us, uh, you're wasting your time. Well, the next year, John ran, you know, broke a world record, but Phil uh, Goodbye uh, beat him to it, of course. And mm. uh, so uh, we weren't really wasting our time.
No, I just want to go back to 1974, Christchurch, um, Commonwealth Games, and, of course, Philbert Bay, one of the great displays in the history of 1,500-metre running, running from the front, breaking that world record. Uh, Sir John going under the existing world record. Rod Dixon's favourite line, I run, you know, I run the fourth fastest time in history and I finished fifth or something. So um, that just gave the quality. Was that was that the race that well and truly introduced John onto the world stage? I think so. The, the year before that, he, uh, uh, Dick Quacks and uh, Rod Dixon took uh, John to Europe and, uh, and got him into races. He, he didn't have the performances to, uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to get entered into the big races, but they, uh, they pulled a few strings and got him in, and it was a very good experience uh, for him, really. Mm. But mm. Uh, when, he, uh, when he came to uh, 1974 in that 1,500-metre, he, he was a New Zealand 1,500-metre uh, champion, but he wasn't the favourite, really. The favourite New Zealander was uh, Rod Dixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, remarkable runner too, Rod. Uh, 1975, it'll be 47 years tomorrow, the anniversary of uh, Sir John becoming the first athlete in history to break three minutes 50 for the mile. Did that in Gothenburg, which also happened to fall on your birthday. Were you in Gothenburg for that? No, I wasn't. No, no Rod was, and Ivan uh, Agnew, they were there. No, I wasn't there, but uh, yes, it was, uh, uh, I think it was on August the 12th over there, but it was uh, it was the August the 13th here, really. So it was a very good uh, birthday present. Yeah, wonderful. And then from there, of course, 1976, that famous moment. And I say it's the greatest gold medal we've won because what a lot of people don't realise is that the 28 African nations boycotted the Olympics because the All Blacks touring South Africa. A lot of the um, countries didn't want New Zealand there, but because of Adidas's influence at the time, we were there. And so John, very much being the face of the New Zealand team, had to sort of absorb all of the controversy, uh, came in as the favourite, and then had to live up to that hype, which he did do. Um, what are your memories of the, that Olympics and the conversations or... Um, the discussions he's had with Sir John in terms of maybe keeping some clarity. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, it was very difficult with the pressure and that sort of thing. But we, uh, somebody said it. You know, it would have been easier if Byron was there. But but Silbert was. Uh, uh, he he was out of action. Really. I think he had malaria or something. And and uh, just a, a few months before John had run against him and sat in on him, and then beaten by about 20 or 30 metres. So we weren't really frightened of by. But uh, uh, John ran in the uh, 800 metres. He was entered in both. And uh, and he was knocked out of He was out-sprinted in, in his heat. And so he, he didn't qualify for the uh, semi-final on the 800. Mm. And I remember that night, um, he was... Uh, oh, the papers started to write him off over uh, there. And uh, they said to him, uh, John, were you... Uh, uh, we were, you know, very disappointed at the uh, 800 metres uh, defeat. And uh, John said, well, not really, he said, but I was very disappointed about something else. And they said, what was that? He said, well, that evening, my coach beat me at snooker. <laughs> there and you I go. Was a, he was a much superior player. I think he'd been watching too much pot black. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just... Um, 
just want to sort of um, also just go back and look at your time because it's remarkable. I mean, boy, it's just incredibly astute for a man who's about to turn 100. But look, you served with dignity in World War Two. Uh, first in New Zealand in the Scottish Regiment and then in the Navy. Um, you were posted to England for your preliminary naval training. And after being on the Arctic convoy duty, supplying Russian bases on HMS Bermuda, you were commissioned as a sub-lieutenant and were posted as a gunnery Acting officer temporary. on coastal submarines. I mean, what a remarkable life. I mean, do you have memories of that? How dangerous, how scary was that? And, and what impact did that have on you for the rest of your life in terms of, I don't know, negatives and positives? Oh, I, I was only on one... Uh Arctic or Russian, not allowed to call it Russian convoy now. Uh, I was only one, and we, uh, uh, the convoy I was on, we were very fortunate because uh, it was very bad weather and it was misty, and uh, there were German U boats there and and uh, and Fokker Wolves and that sort of thing. But they they were hard, they weren't sighted really. We went to uh, we went. Uh, uh, to Iceland first and picked up the convoy and then and round and uh, we there was uh, we were just lucky and it, it was in November December so it was tremendously cold but it wasn't cold where I was because I was down about three floors in the uh, control room, control room of uh, one of the uh, the uh, uh, gunneries and so uh, uh, the only cold I felt was when we went ashore at Kola. And uh, in all uh, wet weather gear, and it was a, a terrible place. We were glad when we left. And on the way back, we still had bad weather, bad visibility, so it wasn't too good for the uh, German uh, planes or the uh, German U boats. Mm, 22 minutes so, up. But my, my, my role in the, my brother was over there in the fleet air arm too, but our role in World War II was very, very minor. 22 minutes after one, my guest on the program is Arch Jelly, the coach of the great Sir John Walker, a lot of other wonderful New Zealand athletes, the likes of Alison Wright, Hazel Stewart, Barbara Moore, Christine Fitzsinger. Uh, turns 100 tomorrow. He's my guest on the program. What are you doing for your birthday, Arch? Oh, we're having a bit of a do at Pinesong. About a few people coming in, about 120, I think. Mm. And then what, Oweraka are celebrating you on Sunday with 100 by one mile. Oh, that's right. Oh, we had a big celebration at the Bridge Club yesterday. Mm, fantastic. Hey, can I just quickly get your thoughts too? Because I mean, you know, Peter Snell. You go right back to you go right back to uh, Lovelock, and then you've got Halberg and Snell, and that inspires one generation. We've seen Sir John Rod, um, the likes of Dick Quacks, inspire the Nick Willises of the world. Now we've got this young kid, Sam Tanner, coming through, running three thirty-one as a twenty-one-year-old. How 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 highly do you rate him? Oh, I thought that. To me, that was the highlight of the games. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you, you mentioned uh, Lovelock. I, I was uh, in 1936. He came and spoke to uh, us at our uh, at Ob- Target Boys High School, and uh, I remember him very well. Well, Arch, Jenny, Arch, lovely to have you on the program. Look, a big happy birthday from the entire athletics and sporting community. I mean, you are a part of two of the great moments in New Zealand sport. Your legacy with Sir John uh, will never be forgotten, mate. And uh, look, yeah, uh, look, I wish you all the best over the next hundred years, mate. You sound that young, Arch. Uh, not really. <laughs> en- enjoy your birthday tomorrow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks very much.